Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about creativity, writing, music, life in an autistic household, and other random stuff. So today's essay makes kind of a braid of several of my interests. Um, I talk about fairy tales, birds, art songs, and art. I'm so grateful for that 19th and 20th century trend of recording traditional stories and songs, you know, where somebody would go and say, who's the oldest person in this village, and just let them talk. Uh, the story of Yorinda and Yoringel was collected by the Brothers Grimm, and it was new to me. And I love birds also, but I had never learned much about them until I started this uh, blog and birds kept popping up in my writing and I kept having to research them. So uh, now I've learned a lot more. And I also got to dig into a couple of art songs by Schubert and Brahms. I've sung the Brahms uh, version of Andi Nachtigall. Um, the Schubert uses the same text and in this blog I am using uh, Richard Stokes' translation of that text. Enjoy the show! Once upon a time, there was a fairy who lived deep in the woods, in a castle. She had three powers. First, she could lure animals to her. Second, she could turn men into stone. And third, she could turn women into birds. This she had done 700 times already. One day, the beautiful Yorinda and her fiancé, the shepherd Yoringel, got lost in the woods and came too close to the castle. Yoringel froze, immobile, and could only watch as the fairy transformed Yorinda into a nightingale, clapped her into a cage, and carried her away. Then the fairy returned, freed Yoringel, and told him to go away forever. She taunted him, saying he would never see his lover again. This fairy tale was collected by the Brothers Grimm in the 1800s. I like it because it's one of the few Grimm tales where a woman turns into a bird. More often, it's men who are affected in that way, and they become imposing avians like swans or crows. Of course, all birds are fascinating to me. So alien, so gorgeous. Sometimes I have dreams where I fly, but the flight is as though I have jetpacks strapped to my back, rather than wings that flap towards a treetop or spread to catch the thermals. In my daydreams, I wonder what it would feel like to be a lark or a thrush, something small and melodious. Imagine my delight when I found a songbird mosaic overlay this week, including a nightingale, on Google Deep Dream. The nightingale is one of the drabber birds in the mosaic. Nightingales are mostly brown, with a red tail and a cream breast. They are common to Europe and Asia, and they're not found naturally in North America, sadly. While they're more famous for their night singing, they also sing during the daytime hours. In literature, nightingales are often used as symbols of the creative process, usually involving a poet hard at work well past midnight. Yoringel retreated from the forest, disconsolate, and moved to another village. Yorinda's plight was never far from his mind. One night, he dreamed of a purple flower that would break the fairy's spell. The next morning, he started searching for that flower. It took him nine days to find it. 
With 700 caged women-turned-birds, at least some of them nightingales, the castle must have been a noisy place. Female nightingales are not as loud as males, but they do sing. In the days before it was possible to muffle nature's night sounds with double-glazed windows and machine-made white noise, a nightingale's call could be disturbing. The 18th-century poet German Ludwig Holtis an die Nachtigall which means to the night nightingale, attests to this. A number of composers, including two of my favorites, Brahms and Schubert, have set this text to music. Hölty was a lyric poet who extolled nature and the simple life, but he had his limits. Do not pour so loudly the full-throated sounds of your love-kindled songs down from the blossoming boughs of the apple tree, O nightingale, the speaker, leads in the poem. In the early morning, the time when male nightingales often sing to mark their territory, Joringel returned to the fairy's castle, flower in hand. He approached without being turned into stone and unlocked the castle gate with a touch of the flower. The fairy was feeding her 701 birds. When she noticed him, she tried to flee with one of the cages but Yuringel was too fast. He touched the bird with the flower and she became his Yurinda again. He hit the fairy with the flower and her powers disappeared. Then he changed the rest of the birds back to women. Whether it's a missing lover or an aggrieved or indifferent one isn't clear in Andinachtigal, but the bird seems to be making the situation worse. Sleep once more forsakes this couch. And I stare, moist-eyed, haggard and deathly pale, at the heavens, says the speaker. Before today, I'd never heard actual nightingale song. Recordings revealed something lyrical, but lyrical in the mode of Prokofiev more than Brahms or Schubert. Spiky and percussive, with short, piercing trills and chirps, followed by machine-gun bursts where the nightingale vibrates from beak to tail feathers. Schubert's lead interpolates fluttery arpeggios to represent the nightingale noises. Brahms takes a different strategy, using a simple but insistent offbeat figure in the right hand through most of the song. It's less showy than Schubert, but to my mind it does a better job in representing something that won't shut up and triggers insomniac fractal thoughts. The Google Deep Dream program uses fractals to make its images. There's a bass, plus an overlay, plus an AI trying to make sense of them together, and that produces something as vibrant and weird as a nightingale's call. I've just started playing around with the program this week. I picked a black and white photograph of myself at age six or so, sitting in front of an upright piano as the bass, and then I added the songbird overlay. Voila, I am become bird girl which was a moment of sheer joy. The grim tale has a happy ending in which Yurinda and Yuringel are reunited. The 700 other women set out to reconnect with their old sweethearts. I can imagine an even happier ending from my point of view. I take the magic flower in my beak and touch it to Yuringel. Feathers would sprout on his belly and back and his eyes would grow bright and sharp. The two of us would, as the poet said, 
Fly to the green darkness, to the bushes of the grove, and there in the nest, kiss. Thanks so much for listening. So the Google Deep Dream program that I talked about um, produces images that are quite surreal, fascinating, some might say a little bit disturbing. Um, You can make an account for free, though, and experiment with your own photographs or things that you just find. So I'm also such a sucker for stories about transformation generally, as I'm sure lots of people are, and it was just so much fun to be able to use Deep Dream to turn this black and white picture of myself into something made of birds. It was just fabulous. So I personally would love to be a songbird for an hour or two and get to know what it feels like to fly and sing uh, the way that a bird does. What do you guys think? What would you want to turn into? A mountain goat leaping from crag to crag, a galloping horse, a fish, a bee, something else? You can check out this podcast as a blog on my WordPress page. There's a link in the description box. And if you'd like to support this show, that would be awesome too. There's a button on the homepage for you to do that. Until next time, be well.